Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka First Down, Aaron Rodgers, aka Moving Packs. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Headshot, aka Glock Turtleneck. Follow that. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got. Yo, what's up? It's Jin, aka Lame Jio, Gong Man. So, I can't say Gong Man, though. That's the way you're going to be. I'm going to be a good one. I'm going to be a good one. I'm going to be a good one. Thanks, good night. This is the way you tell me this is the real. Yo. I'm sure your Cantonese listening audience will really appreciate it. Yo, I mean, all, yeah. All we're hoping for is that you bring in the Cantonese listening. <laughs> like, this, this week is strictly. Strictly for um, Rough Riders, yep, and our Cantonese speaking. If there's one person that sums up Rough Riders in Cantonese, that would be you. It'd be DMX. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually gonna say Drag On, but yeah, because <laughs> I mean, what says like Chinese and Rough Riders like like Drag On? Come That's on. right. Yeah. First of all, how you doing? I'm well, man. Good. I'm well, I'm well. Uh, Thanks for being know, here. Yeah. My like physically, mentally, just all around, emotionally, relatively stable. That's good. I'm gonna dive in. Okay, right? yeah, do okay. that, do that. Okay. Just for the record, we made uh, salmon with a side of asparagus and couscous. Salmon has paprika on it, and um, it has garlic on it, and salt and pepper and olive oil. But listen. Only because the news came out like today that the WHO, the World Health Organization, it said, said that, uh, that red meat is basically as bad for you as carcinogens. So wow. we're just like, so we're not going to make, <laughs> we're no. not going to like kill gin today. It, looks, be, it looks amazing. Okay. Carcinogens. Hopefully, hopefully it tastes all right. Carcinogens, really? Yeah. yeah. The, the whole purpose of this meal was that wordplay moment yeah, yeah. right there. It, it's me <laughs> and my, everything. It's me and my Iron Solomon. Ah! <laughs> um. I ain't going to talk about the carcinogens. <laughs> <laughs> but Jen, you look like a nice piece of cinnamon. <laughs> Anyways, so all right, so where are you living these days? I am back in New York. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, moved back about three years ago now. Okay, welcome. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, came back. Uh, prior to that, was living out in China. Yeah, yeah. In Hong Kong, and really productive, really fruitful out there. But uh, I think the defining moment was when my son was born. Yeah. So I have a three-year-old now. Whose name is? Chance. Right. Shout out to Chance. Chance the child. Yeah, Chance, Chance the child. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Chance the child, Chance the son, a.k.a. Chance the offspring, okay. a.k.a. Chance the future of, uh, you know, the empire. Yep. Well, my empire. Yeah. Sure, sure. Not Lucius's empire. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. China empire. Right. Yeah. I just realized, yo, I'm, I'm, I did a, like a research. Every borough in New York City has at least four China empires. Really? Like four takeout restaurants oh, called yeah, I was China like, Empire. I was like, is there something I don't know about? Like the underground? <laughs> like <there's... laughs> But um, yeah, so shout out to Chance. Mm-hmm. And, um, is he listening? <laughs> could be. Yeah. Could be. Starring them young. So and three years old, is he do what is that, preschool at this point? Yeah, he's in pre K. And how's that going? It's going good. You know, he um he kind of adapted to being away from me and mommy yeah. a little smoother than I would have liked. Mm-hmm. How is it for you and mommy? First day was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first time we dropped him off there. Um, you know, we're watching all the other parents and the kids is clinging onto their legs. <laughs> and he doesn't you know. care. Yeah, I dropped him off and I was like, Come, you know, I'll see you later. And he was like, Peace, and just ran <laughs> off into the little toy area. And he, you know, he's got his little friends now. Man. So it's, he doesn't need you guys. Around. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. You just, they grow up too fast. Yeah. Um, too fast, too furious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, I, that's all I'm here for today. That is, is that, is that your sole duty today? I'm just going to be doing like great puns. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. He is growing too fast, <laughs> too furious. So <laughs> too fast for y'all. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I think a year ago we were coming back from L.A. Bingo. Yeah, man. Yes, we were coming back from L.A. Uh, and we flew into Newark, and we rarely fly into Newark. Yeah, yeah. beautiful Newark. All so I fly beautiful. into is Newark. For so. real? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yo, no, I love like going into like LaGuardia or JFK. Like yeah. Newark, it's just like too far for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we landed. We took a red eye. Yeah. We get off the plane. Well, you from hadn't LA. slept in. I hadn't. Days. So. Because <laughs> I don't sleep during red eyes. Do you? Uh, I do. Long flights are okay for you? Long or short, I sleep. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, like, you're also like a shorter guy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, like for me, like I don't, there's no comfortable way to, you're to right. sleep. You're right. But I still, I feel like I, I do it just because I'm good at sleeping. Okay. I mean, on flights is the only though. time I feel like us as the, you know, elevated challenge, yeah. <laughs> we get to really shine. Because on flights, I'm always looking for like, Guys that are closer to your stature, right? And I just laugh at them in my, you know, in my own mind. Well, like, I appreciate the you. longer the yeah. flight, the better. <laughs> no, but you're so you're good, like middle seat. I'm good on any seat, whatever. yo. As yo. long as I got that little, you know, that neck pretzel. Oh yeah, you're good oh, with yeah. that. Once I got my neck pretzel. So you I'm can gonna... just like curl up. Yep. Do you do the? Watch, do you like, do the like the the eye shade or whatever? I don't like... do the eye shade, but nine out of ten times on flights, I do wear a hoodie. Yeah. And I just mm-hmm. over pull. Yeah, I just over pull. See, here's where I am on a here's here's who I am on a, on a red eye. I'm the only one awake, and I can't like put a light on. I can't put a TV on, so I'm just sitting there like by myself, screwed yeah, the entire like time. Creep. I do. I'm the worst, and I stay awake the entire time. So we get to we get to Newark. You guys were flying in, right? Coming in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think I was on my way out. And might have been. You were oh. just hanging out in the airport, <laughs> slanging my mixtape. That's the place, though. Yo. If you're gonna slang mixtapes, but because there's I was... no one happier than the people getting off of a. So who initiated contact? You, you did. did. You were like, "Yo, Sweet. you were like, it's the real," and we were just like, and you were like, "Yo, it's gin," and we were just like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> I really like could have been like hallucinating or something, like getting off that flight, but it was really you. Mm-hmm. You were like, "Yo, I fuck with what you guys do." Yeah, early. And early like too. and you're like, here's my math and let's like do something at some point. And and, and we were like, listen, guy, like sorry. But. <laughs> and like any other like any other like hip hop person or you know, like kind of whether they're you know, a journalist, an artist, uh the first thing they said instinctively when I met them was, Yeah, I know Miss Info too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, but you know what though? That's like the the linking we're yeah, like the linking I'll say this. Or... We said that too. I was about to say that we did that we did drop the misinfo thing because it was like at some point I never know if people really like fuck with us like that. So I'm just like, all right, well, let me see. Like, let me throw out another friend. Yeah. And Misinfo Minya has always been a huge proponent of you. She, no. Your whole she career. Has, and actually. so, like, when we talked about you before meeting you, yeah. we were just like, that's awesome. So we wanted to be like, yo, Minya's around. We so should it all hang out. would have been really cool is if right. at the airport you was like, you, got, you know Misinfo, right? I'd be like, who? <laughs> like, who? Minya. You're nah. like, listen, guys, but do you support right. independent music? <laughs> She's always been, like like you said, super supportive, encouraging. And I, I would say over the years, not that we ever got to really, really build and pick each other's brains, but mm-hmm. definitely one of those, you know, quality over quantity type of things. Yeah, because yeah. in the limited times we did cross paths or did get to interact it was always only just encouraging words. And, you know, she's she's in the game for a minute, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Were you, even, like, stopping by Hot 97? Like I had, when you were I had my stops here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, when I first got signed and onward, I, I had a few times going up there, whether it was in the capacity of, you know, the R used to just go everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, yo, get up the, you know, get get the vets. You know, you got the X and even on them. Yo, get the pups, you know, me. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, at one point, you know, being... Like the new kid, I, there were also other artists too that yeah. they had just signed or guys that had been on the R, like part of the fold for a while. Yeah. And one thing they would do is almost like tradition is just collectively go somewhere, whether it was a radio station, whether it was another studio. And this is where stuff like, you know, legendary freeway verse cast yeah. type scenarios pop up, right? Mm. And, and uh, yeah, so I think 
when I when I saw you guys at the airport, the first thing that crossed my mind was actually that you should have brought everybody else from the R. Yeah, <laughs> we would have been there, and then you know, Terminal A, it probably would have been a two on two, holding like a sign. Me and drag yeah. versus oh me and drag versus y'all two. But now nah, I was gonna say I have a, a pretty. It's borderline vague, borderline vivid recollection of my first kind of moment where I was like, yo, it's the real. It's, did you guys ever do... Now, if I'm completely wrong, feel free to just, yo, it pretend this never happened. White guys. Yeah, yeah. I know. Who yeah. knows? But it was a skit, and it has something to do with fortune cookies. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there was something relating oh, right. to yeah. Fat Joe there was. specifically, yep. too. And then you were like, I wonder what Jin would say about this. Did something we really say that, that? Something in that vein. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Either that one was, of them remember? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It was like very early on. It That's, took place in this apartment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the premise of it? I don't. Oh, oh, was, you know what? It it was him going in fifty cents. Yeah, because it was the um, elephant in the sand okay. time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember why we did a fortune cookie thing, but we I did think have it was mayo. The year of the elephant, though, wasn't it? Maybe, oh, year maybe. of the. Oh, there yeah. you go. But that was the moment that I, um, yeah, I was like, that's Yo. that's really early, uh, yeah. So I I wanted to point. By the that way, out nobody else watched that video. <laughs> okay. yeah. You know why? Because Universe planned that I was the only person that yeah, was yeah. supposed to watch it. Yo, so thank you guys for no, making that video yeah, yeah, yeah. for you. me. Yes. Yo, so a couple things. One and one that I remember is that we went downstairs. Uh, there, there is a Chinese restaurant just to right around the corner. To buy one fortune cookie? To buy like a million of them, oh, okay. right? And now how many people go into a Chinese restaurant just being like, uh, yeah, I don't really want anything except for like a ton of fortune, fortune cookies. cookies. Right. And they're just like, uh, sure. Yeah. All right. So I came up here with them. And then the other thing is that um, Greg Mayo, who does all of our music and mm-hmm. was the band leader at the Yolono tour. Yeah. During those years, there was a lot of phone calls from us to him just being like, yo, can you do this Jay-Z song, but like as a klezmer version? Like, or rock boys, like, so it sounds yeah. like it's Eastern European. Or can you do um, Lean Back? Uh-huh. Right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, can you do Lean Back um, in sort of like, uh, you know, just like a... Uh, yeah, a lot of like bells and like Chinese, yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, sounds, and and he did that, and it worked out. But I'm I'm glad that you uh, was that played during that script. It does, oh, yeah, okay. totally like well, replayed. It got out, yeah, it got it got like kind of uh, you know it got it got shadowed by, by the by the writing, by the writing, yeah, because and just, the I acting for the name drop, like anything past that, you were just like fuck it, like <laughs> well, not just the name drop. I think the way it was put together too was like it was it definitely had me more of like yo, I rock with them That's as dope. opposed to like. Yo, why they trying to play me like that, right? right. Even yeah, though well, it had probably some connotation. I don't remember. It was funny, though. Thank That's you. Thank you. I remember. That. Wait, so my question is, because you're a battle rapper, you were yeah. a battle rapper. When when guys would diss you, did you actually not like them? Because it seemed like you did not like Iron Solomon or you did not like maybe Sirius Jones. Jones. Yeah. I sit here in 2015 and I would say I don't think there was any one battle that I've ever been engaged in. Whether we talk about it was those few fight clubs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the one smack DVD that I did, right, yeah. the 106 in Park Run, or going all the way back to my first battle in the seventh grade in, right. the, me- in the men's bathroom at the mall or whatever. <laughs> yeah, some whatever. I don't think there was Wait, one. I want to know, know about that, that one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where it all started. <laughs> there was one urinal left, and there was only one way to decide who would get it. Right? And I have bars, <laughs> and I got bars for that. So, But I was going to say, I don't think. You you asking me this question makes me think, and I don't know. This may or may not have the effect of you know how I developed even in the craft. Mm-hmm. Never did I ever find myself really personally invested in the manner that you're describing, right. where I see the person and I have a legitimate, right. genuine like disgust or yeah. anything. Well, it was also, always within the context of just this is the dude I'm battling. Right. Yeah. It was work, but yeah. like I remember like watching um, like Freestyle Fridays. Yes, and you would definitely like. When you had to stand next to them, 
it was like 30 seconds and you were heated. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that heated is more kind of, it resonates more in terms of just the age I was at that point, I mm-hmm. think. I mean. Yeah, you were young. I was, I was like 20 years old. Crazy. Yeah. I was 20 during the 106 in part, the, the run. Yeah. Right? And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I every now and then I'll stumble across it on YouTube. And yeah. when I say stumble across, I mean, I'll be Googling myself at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm, sure. Trying to relive Looking my... Looking for those It's the Real my, videos. My, yeah. my, <laughs> reliving my glory days. Right. Uh, but I'll watch them and I'll see the thing you're describing. Yeah. Which is this... Yeah, not only was it hunger or passion, but there was definitely this, like, a fire. That, I think, is, that is the missing link as to why I don't battle currently. Because that's, like, the billion-dollar question. You know, as, as people are watching these different leagues, URL and KOTD sure. and all this stuff, which I'm an avid supporter and viewer of. Yeah. I probably bought more pay-per-views this year than I've ever bought, <laughs> right? And that's combined Wait, of, with all the of Tyson. What? Of everything. <laughs> yeah, of everything. And, you know, but here I am. People are like, yo, when you going to jump in? Yeah, if yeah. there's ever a time to come back, yeah. it's now. And I'm just like, yo, I know what it has evolved into, mm-hmm. not only in terms of just the craft, but a certain thing that's required within the person to engage in it. And I, and I guess just to be brutally honest with myself and the general public, I don't feel it there. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can still watch it and appreciate it. And, yeah. you know, I can get my Stephen A. Smith on. Sure. We can mm-hmm. talk about it all day. Right. But to actually engage in it, it's like, I just don't want to do it until I know that, that link, that missing sure. link is there. Um, so before we get into just a ton of legendary stuff, cool. I do want to talk about... Uh, uh-huh. A very legendary moment, which was uh, you did come through to the Yolono tour, the You Only Live One Night Only tour. We made that phone call. You were like, I'm totally there. This seems perfect for me because, and we'll talk about this later too, yeah. you have this comedy career that you're working on right now. Yes. Sorry about the couscous flying all Don't over. Don't worry, man. <laughs> I always like to place a little by my crotch area. Chinese <laughs> mm-hmm. <Chinese> tradition. <laughs> so... We had we had a ton of guests come out that night, um, Bun B and and yeah. uh, Clark Kent and Bridget Kelly and Joel Ortiz, and we had this Shout out to Ray. yeah yeah we had this this moment in the in the we did two shows that night mm-hmm. we had this moment in the second show where we had a song where we just had the hook about bringing New York back mm-hmm. and we wanted to have. Uh, we would, like real New York rappers like come up and rap over yeah it. so like, we didn't have anything but the hook and so. Uh, Tere comes up at first and we're like yeah like that's cool but I don't know if it's gonna work we need somebody like we have a more we have a different vision for this a specific vision yeah. we need that that Rough Rider sound do we have any Rough Riders in the house <laughs> and we brought you out and what we expected was what we got but then what we didn't expect was how good you are so number one your crowd control is unbelievable you just owned that crowd and number two you were funny as fuck and oh, number wow. three, off the dome, as far as we were concerned, unless maybe you had like worked on this, which yeah, is yeah, totally yeah, cool yeah, too yeah, yeah, yeah. for but, months. <laughs> but like, but like your rhymes, my career led your, up to that moment. <laughs> I, I got signed with Rough Riders and got dropped just so I could yo, be yeah. strictly that, for this, strictly for that Yolono show. But listen, like, like the the punchlines that you had about us, like on stage, was just amazing. And and uh, yeah, and yo. thinking back to like. When we would watch you on Freestyle Friday and yeah. to have you right there with us was yeah. just as mind blowing as I think like oh, you know anything. Which so it was, it was it was really special for us. Um, so thank you for doing that. No, nah, thank you guys for having me in mind, man. Of like, course, it was the only thing I can think of. Like just when I got that 
first text or call from you about mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. I was like, I drag. I guess drag must be out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he must be hell and back. Yeah, man, because he's still in hell. He's not back yet, right? But shout out to drag. I think mm-hmm. this is one thing I never get to share enough. Naturally, when I do interviews, people are like, what was it like bonding with X? And right, right. Did you have dim sum with Eve every Sunday? And, Wait, and, did you? No, no I didn't. I didn't. Even, okay, yeah. <laughs> I did it. But there, if there was one person of the original Double R Fold and, and Empire mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I grew up and all these guys were my heroes. Yeah. Like all these artists and, and Swiss and the whole yep. faction. But if there was one that I think I somewhat remotely got a chance to connect with it was probably drag i remember mm-hmm. like there was times when we would get booked together for shows like overseas and next thing you know i'm like in a van in germany and like i look to my left and there's drag on yeah you know what i mean or uh, even times in the studio where i'll be working on like a little mixtape joint and uh, you remember this one keith murray song uh, called candy bars or something like that and he's rhyming about girls mm-hmm. but right. using candy bars okay as, okay uh, as the metaphor <laughs> it's not the one that's like uh, something like candy, so dance with me. May or may not be. That sounds like a Khalees song. I, I, don't <laughs> know, I had to, it. May be. It may be it. Yeah. But uh, I had the instrumental, and then uh, I was like, "Yo, drag, you want to jump on this?" And and it would be those moments, and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and he jump on that. That's awesome. And uh, so shout out to Drag. I know he's still doing music. I know he's still grinding. Listen, I, like one of the, I mean, there's a ton of just epic songs that came through that Yonker studio but Absolutely. down down uh, bottom oh, yes. is is just yes. unbelievable yes. i know which i know which song you're talking about it's the one that she like a candy bar <laughs> like, <laughs> like a candy bar <laughs> yes all right he so, does serve a purpose oh apparently. no totally that's strictly yeah, yeah. that's it that's it i thought it was just taking up food, food <laughs> space cuz you saw who was chefing right there you know yes. this guy but uh, okay um no no so you moved to new york how far before you started doing freestyle friday uh, oh, because you're originally from Miami. Close. Yeah, born and raised in Miami, and uh, essentially didn't leave you know Miami till I was about 19. Okay, so I, I graduated there, stayed another year, grinding it out, and then in 2001, we all moved here. Whole family comes Whole up. Whole family comes, and up. you moved to Queens. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, at the time, Your mom had a restaurant. Well, down in Miami, we did. Okay, so the tale is basically, you know, I was, you know, my mom and dad. You know, God bless them. They moved here back in the 70s to chase the American dream. Mm-hmm. And what is the American dream for any Chinese family? To own a Chinese restaurant in the hood. Okay, right? all right. <laughs> and, and that kind of came true. I mean, they opened their first one when I was about, I think, seven years old. Okay. So essentially from seven years onward, that was my world. Yeah. You know, running mm-hmm. around in the Chinese restaurant, you know, keep an eye out for those white guys who come and try to buy up all our fortune cookies. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. It happens everywhere. Yeah. It's that, a thing. See, I thought it was rare, but okay. <laughs> but, right. um, you know, when I was in my... My teen years is when I started to feel a little resentment about it because, you know, I felt like that's where I was trapped. And I only bring that up because um, that's when I also got into hip hop. Okay. So I think a lot of times people are like, yo, you know, you and hip hop, how, why, what, when, where? Right. I think that had a lot to do with it because it was through, yo, the mysteries of shadow boxing that I was able to escape mm-hmm. kind of. You know, everyone else after school is going to the mall, going to the park, going wherever. And you know where I'm going, straight to the restaurant. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Answer the phone to make deliveries. And yeah, it was in those woo verses or hell on earth or whatever was the thing at that moment that allowed me to just find some sort of, you know. Escape. Escape, yeah. and, indeed. So after graduating by that time, so we're talking I was like 18, 19. Yeah. My parents had opened three shops and closed three shops. Okay. So open three as in like open one, business wasn't good, had to mm. shut it down, take out a loan. Number two, didn't work again. Let's take out a loan from like an uncle or a cousin. 
didn't work. So by the by the third one closing down, I think my mom and dad, even they felt like Miami might not be the place at that point right. to be. They needed a major <clears throat> reset. And then I also knew that if I was going to do the music thing, where else but New York? So we well, all came up together. So how serious in high school were you about really making records, really like... Oh. He was battling I, guys at the urinal. No, I, I, yeah. <laughs> the urinal was that the name of a serious. club, actually. <laughs> and that's the twist. That's the sixth sense twist at the end. When, when I say the urinal, that was like, you know, our shelter. Yeah, right? it's because like, everyone's pissy there. That was our shelter. Uh, while, while B-Rabbit was at the shelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, me and Future, we was down at... <laughs> We was down at um, the urinal. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the name of Makai's character, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picture, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, how serious, to answer your question, put it like this. When I was 17, I released my first single, Quiet As Kept. My mom, as against you know my, my, my dreams of becoming a rapper as she was, it was more so my dad. I don't know how I convinced her. I might have scammed her in some way, but <laughs> when I was 17, she actually put up like two grand for me to go to the studio, record two songs, and release a single. Physi- like, physical a copies. Physical copies. Yeah. yeah. With a, you know, and this was everything to me. I remember like getting that done. We press up like a thousand copies. We make flyers. I'm putting them up on the walls at the at the mall. Yeah. By the school on the light poles. Like to a 17 year old who's chasing a rap dream. That was almost the equivalent of making it already. For yeah. sure. I, I, First of all, your Asian parents were like supportive of bingo. you. Yeah. I'll tell you the name of the songs. Side A was a see, there's I can even re- reference it as yeah. side A, side B. Yeah. Even though it was a CD, but yeah, you side need a, to explain to kids what that means. <laughs> <laughs> a side compact a, disc. Yeah. Side A was a song called uh I Never Met Her. Okay. Basically about it's about girls. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. The premise is I never met a girl that was my kind of girl. I never met a girl. I never met her. <laughs> that was my seventeen year old hook writing game. Sure. If anyone ever sure. wanted yeah. yeah. And 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 I, I got this local Miami producer, I don't know, for like five hundred bucks or whatever, to make me up one of the most dopest low budget Timberland tracks. Okay. Actually I remember kind of what Was the, it cool or Dre? It was, <laughs> it was uh, I would have been happy to get you But essentially if you had to imagine it it was modeled kind of after the um i need a ride or die oh shit. yeah yeah it, it, like i don't even know if sequentially it makes sense but i'm saying the vibe of that song yeah was similar to that yeah yeah so maybe it was a foreshadowing of what's to come i don't yeah. know but that was side a side b was this real cerebral conceptual track called life's a bitch wow <laughs> yeah like we've never heard any rap song <laughs> yeah, yeah. called life's a bitch <laughs> but um I, I don't know i think to my credit at that age, I don't think I had heard uh, Nas. Nas's "Life's a Bitch." Right, yeah. right. Because the thing for me with like with Nas, I didn't get put onto him till maybe a year or two after that, mm-hmm. and that was through um, it was written. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. people always talk about Illmatic, Illmatic, Illmatic. Right. To me, it was written was actually like his first album. Right. Sure. And then I got older and went back to listen to right. Illmatic. But uh, Side B was this song called "Life's a Bitch," and the concept for that one was. Uh, I was basically, hey, who would have guessed it? I'm talking about life like it was a girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A la Common, I used to love her. No, um, but very original. But at the age of 17. Oh, yeah, yeah. So sure. for what yeah. it's worth, it was very rather fresh. forward yeah. thinking for a 17-year-old. So your question of, yo, was it something I was kind of already actively pursuing? Yeah. Without a doubt. And did you see, did you see battling as your way in? Totally. I mean, yeah. So along with everything I just described with... 
you know, convincing moms to put up two grand for this little single project. I was already actively battling at that time. And yeah. In terms of like even looking for local contests, and this might have been the thing in Miami at that point in time. Yeah. Man. To say there was a handful probably would have been overestimating. Of like, like talent uh, around there? Uh, not the talent, but just opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning like at most in, in a one year window, you might have two that you can really look forward to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like in New York, I mean, I don't know how it stands currently, but for the most part on any given week, you can find something to get into. Yeah. Whether it is a battle, a cypher, an open mic or whatever. But down there, we're talking like 97, 98, 99 yeah. in Miami. It just wasn't the case. So you move up to New York. Did you really meet your manager on like Broadway battling you were on like Broadway and 8th somewhere was outside of Fat Beats right yeah right yeah. outside Fat Beats I, I mean I ended up in front of Fat Beats because being the entrepreneur that I am mm-hmm. I, I mean it was more of survival mode than anything I made up these little mixtapes uh, best of gin battles uh, and I burned them mm-hmm. on a CDR made a nice little cover and this is the thing that I'm peddling on the streets. Right? Yeah. And the art of peddling still lives to this day. Mm-hmm. For as sure. you guys can attest, and yeah, I'm sure yeah. any New Yorker can attest. I mean, I bought a blank burn CD today for five bucks on the street. Well, I mean, I might be surprised when I put it in later. Yeah, there's, <laughs> and there's an actual, on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there might be something. The surprise <laughs> is that there is something on it. Um, but at that time, I had these CDs. And this just goes to show you how, uh, I mean, maybe <laughs> how self-absorbed I was. I called it best of gin battles as if like the world <laughs> yeah. is looking for you know like your random New Yorker pedestrian awesome, it's like yo this is the best of gin that's, battles right here and you're like and I'm gin like what a double surprise <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so I, I press these up and I'm slanging them literally just all throughout the you know the, the, the borough Wait, yeah. how, how is your pedal game my pedal game was on point man yeah it was on point and I think I've noticed now the Kind of the the go to method is just pure aggressiveness. Uh, yes, right, right. Uh, and sometimes where it's it's borderline extortion. Like these guys, I watch them and they're borderline. I mean, they're on the verge of it being a stick up. Yeah, it yeah. might as well. I mean, it's like a verbal stick up. Yeah, it's like yo, my man. You know, they're talking to like <laughs> some you know unsuspecting tourists from Germany. Yeah, you need this album, my man. Yo, with the ultra grip on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or like, you know, independent hip hop. Like now, everybody starts the conversation by being like. Do you like black people? I know. Ooh. Yo. Yo, so we get it. That's how I should have did it back then. It's crazy. But do you like black people? Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, <laughs> yo, so we walk through if if we have to go through if we have to go through Times Square, which which, which by the way, we really don't like to go through Times Square, but if we do, wow, what a brave stance. I'm just saying. <laughs> yo, People know us in the comedy community and in the music community, so yeah. we're getting both. Like, you like comedy shows, and like, well, do you support I, independent well, everybody music? Everybody gets that, though. No, but like, we we like if someone recognized us, which one time they did, they yeah. like yeah, they came up and they were like they were like yo, and we're like no 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 not today, and they're just like oh I'm just a fan of it's the real, and we're like we're like ah uh, uh, n- nice to meet it. you yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but like that's 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 super tough. I got another one for you, which was I have this I have this history where. Um, I worked with Kanye um, and went to the Grammys with him as his videographer back in um, 2005. Sweet. And uh, before that, I got to know the whole Good Music team. Mm-hmm. So we were down, uh, our other brother Dan um, and I and one of his friends from college had gone down to Asbury Park to see an early Kanye show before the album dropped. Yeah. And it was like him touring with Little Brother and John Legend was John Stevens, right? Don, wow. Don C was um, DJ Offbeat. Like Consequence was, was around? So Okay, so Consequence was around. Consequence, we were waiting out for Kanye at, the, um, at his bus because at that point, I'm like, yo, I know you have 
um, your own film production company out of Chicago called Hustle Film. Yeah. And I want I want to fuck with you guys on that level. I want to write scripts for you guys, do documentaries, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And they're like, all right, hold on, hold on. So consequences there. And he was like, yo, I'll go get them. But you gotta buy two of my two of my mixtapes, and I did, and still have them uploaded onto my on onto my computer these uh, today. My approach was I should have did the hey you like black people <laughs> that that yeah. probably would have increased my sales by like two hundred percent. But <laughs> I went with the alternate, and it, it was effective for me for the most part, which was the endearing, charming, mm-hmm. you know, passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right. So I always kicked off. I always kicked off with this one. This was like kind of a, just a given. Yo, you listen to hip hop, and I don't know why, but that was just always the way in. Right. It was it was enough to establish what I'm moving, right? Like yeah. my product, mm-hmm. <laughs> your work. I'm turning this mm-hmm. into the wire. That's right. right. Yeah, that's right. It was strong enough to establish that, but it, it also wasn't alarming or aggressive. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't like, you gotta buy this. <laughs> so a lot of times, you know, um, they'll stop and be like, you know, oh yeah, 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 and then the sequence would be. Yo, I do freestyle battles, and this is like just a, co- a collection of my, you know, my best battles. Yeah, right? Someone made this for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't make it. Right? Yeah, I, I didn't put this together. Who would do that? <laughs> but I do have ten copies here. That's right. And my my pedal game was okay, and and it was also because I think after X amount of days and times of doing it, I had it down packed to like a science. Yeah, yeah. But still maintain that fluidness of yo all 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 pedaling on New York Street boils down to is improv. Yep, and Dealing with rejection. The more you can deal with rejection, if you master the art of rejection, yo, you could you could do it in New York. Like totally. you could do anything in New York. Yeah. But if you master the art of rejection in New York, yo, you can kind of write your own ticket. As they say on the subway, a smile is free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that yo, and I look back on that. So to kind of piece it together, yes, that is how I met my manager at that time, mm-hmm. my first manager. Right. Uh, his name is Kay. Shout okay. out to Kay. And then it was through there also, uh, through me trying to peddle the CD to him, that we established like a working relationship, and then we embarked on 106 and Park together. Okay. So yeah, 106 yeah. and Park starts. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Freestyle Friday from the beginning, did they? I, no. I don't think right. so. It's something they implemented a little yeah, yeah. bit. And so you get word of it, and you're like, I got to do that. Well, no. Nah, bef- before I even came up to New York, while I was down in Miami, I already had gotten word of it. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it. Knew of it. Yeah. You know, because you got to imagine, at that time, I'm so engulfed in it. I'm watching and looking for anything that has to do with rap battles. Mm-hmm. So, at one point, MTV had did, like, a battling type of thing that they right. did. And Sway was judging and hosting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But then when 106 and Park introduced it, it, it popped up on my radar ASAP. Yeah. But um, moving up here, it just I never connected the dots that, yo, that's something I should attempt to do. Yeah. But then we got wind of a open, straight up open audition casting thing up in Harlem on 106th Street in Park Ave. And I went up there. And then, yeah, just well, went well, about it the exact What way was that, that like? Did. How many people are, are in that oh, audition? Man, it was crazy because... Um, Apparently, I was the only one. I wasn't the only one that knew about the open call. Right? So <laughs> imagine every peddler in New York knew about the open call. Yeah. So everyone's up there. Not only are they up there. So like, not only is picture like this. Not only is you know Hove up there, but he's up there with Bleak. Right. He's there with you know uh, uh, State Property. Yep. He's up there. You know the whole gang is up there. Yeah. So they I ride go up together. There. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And I go up there with me and I think uh, Kay went up with me. Mm -hmm. And it was just the two of us. And, yo, I just stay focused. And you go into this room 
And essentially, they make you battle another person like it is Freestyle Friday. Right. 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. And then exactly like how we're sitting right here, it's like, all right, thank you. We'll keep in touch. <laughs> and they send you on your way. And, yo, they sent me on my way. I went right back to the front of Fat Beats, continued my pedal game. Yeah. And just kind of, if you ask me, yo, did you know at that moment that it was going to unfold the way it did, meaning you would get a call? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I will say that. Like, I didn't know when, but I knew I would get a call eventually. What was the competition like during auditions? Like, was it legit? It was legit. They okay. had me battle this one other guy. And the thing I remember, if if anything, was that he I was... was ugly and <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, his shoes were untied. Yeah. Uh, I remember that I was conscious of it, but also this was just like an organic kind of tactic and strategy for me, even in all my battles prior to that one that would determine the outcome of my musical career, mm-hmm. right? But um, I made sure I incorporated not just a few, but a substantial amount of freestyle elements. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if I'm looking at the panel of judges and I see one has a card that says Gary in front of his, I'm throwing a Gary bar in there. Yeah, right? about or, Gary, Indiana. Yes, yeah. yes. Where Michael Jackson grew yeah, up. <laughs> and you know I'm about to give you a beating like Joe, so you better get out of here with that flow. And I'll bring it right back to Gary because you, right. know, you know Gary knows. So I made sure I incorporated that. And I think... That's why I felt so confident when I left. Yeah. Because I know that it really appealed to them. And, and um, when I got the call, I think to me it wasn't even like, yo, this is it. This, like, this call is going to be it. I, I actually remember approaching it with a very... I mean, it was kind of weird because I was only 20 at the time. And you would think I would be more imaginative. But I remember approaching, approaching it with a very practical mindset. Like, yo, one week at a time. Week one... I, w- I was I was almost like mad scientist. Yeah. Because I was like, this first week is crucial. Every week would be, but this week is because one, I'm going up as the challenger. Right. Yep. And two, the guy that I'm going up against is the, you know, six week and running champ right. who's yeah. going for his seventh win. Yo, he must hate you, by the way, because <laughs> that he was this close to getting into the Hall of Fame. I, know. <laughs> I mean, I might have saved him from something. Yeah, like, sure. In like, you yeah, know, like, like a crippling drug addiction. <laughs> <laughs> No, I saved them from your couscous. (laughs) Even more important. That's right. It would be him sitting here with you instead of me. I don't know. But (laughs) all the best to him and where he is right now. But I go up there and I knew that whatever I said in that 30 seconds had to be the most crippling, just like the sharpest 30 seconds that I could conjure up, you know. Um, So what worked for me was an element of surprise without Mm. a doubt. Because as much battling as I had done, I mean, to that date, up to that point, yeah, black entertainment television had not seen a Chinese dude, you know, with a Aniche bucket hat on. <laughs> right. With the matching sweater. It's such a specific thing. And, and, yo, yeah. <laughs> and I planned that outfit specifically. I'm like, yo, watch. This bucket hat is what's going to throw him off. Yeah. And then, like, um, I remember I had, like, do-rag strings hanging out. <laughs> yo, word everything. I had, like, a red do-rag in my back pocket with the strings hanging out. Just, like, ready to wear it. Yeah. Yo, yeah. <laughs> but I go up there. And I remember the the defining moment or the the, the, the critical moment is when um, I finished my verse. And before he even started, Fat Man Scoop, who was DJ. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Fat Man Scoop DJs every battle that yeah, matters, yeah. right? <laughs> Fat Man Scoop looked at the champion guy, who he's established a relationship with up to that point, right? And he's like, Hassan. This is all documented, which is yeah, cool. Yeah. The guy's name is Hassan. Shout out to Hassan. He looks at Hassan and he goes, yo, Hassan, get focused. And <laughs> Honestly, if we had to really break it down, 
I think that might have been what the, got in his head. That what got in his head. Yeah. Because like, like I'm not trying midway to play it through, on, his, uh, on Fat Man Scoop, right? No, but, but midway through his verse, he just like stops, he right? Stopped. And I think it might have been one of those scenarios where yeah, he it got into his head, and not to say though because of my performance, but it was just all those factors, you know. Like Scoop was like, get focus, and 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 you know, you see him looking at Fat Man Scoop, and you know, acknowledging it. But uh, who knows with these things? And then I win. And then next week I go back. And then so can, so week one is the idea of national television weighing on you at all? Wow, that's such a good question that no journalist or blogger or fan <laughs> or anyone has ever asked. Well, to be fair, that question was as amazing as this couscous. I was going to say, has anyone ever made you like you know a meal while you uh, answered questions? <laughs> that question, though, it didn't weigh on my mind. Is Meaning, that just like naivete? Absolutely. Yeah, more naivete than anything else. That's it wasn't awesome. me. It wasn't me having like this zen-like mindset where it's like be at one with the stage, Jin. Well, yeah, I mean, because free and AJ are not oh, there. Yeah, because <laughs> there is that Wait, thought. Yeah. Hold on, there's so Jin is like pretending to bow, um, right. and there is a moment where you do that to one of your opponent opponents. Yeah, I do, and yeah. I'm just like, yo, like you're just like, I do yeah, do. <laughs> you're sticking the knife in. That's all, just yeah. like that's like Sun Tzu, Art of War, a little <laughs> yeah. bit of that, mm-hmm. little bit of just you know. Jerky boys, a mm-hmm. little bit of just me being a prick. <laughs> but, uh, yo, I think that's such a valid question and one that nobody ever asked me. But, yeah, I, it was absolutely just young and naive mm-hmm. as opposed to me being zen-like. Um, and it worked for me, I yeah. think. Because I go up there every week and not, and I'm not really dwelling too much on, yo, this platform is this platform. I'm just zeroing in on my opponent. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I got I to gotta kill this. As the weeks go on, do you get this sort of idea in your head where you're like, well... It's been four weeks, yeah. And, like, and this this is five weeks. Like, like you're scoring forty every night. You want to keep the streak going. Oh, see, I I I see you feeling like you're unbeatable, like like a boxer. Like, yeah, like probably yeah. like two or three weeks in. Well, not. I think. Um, I don't think I ever arrived at the point of unbeatable. But I think what was like meaning in my own head at least. Right. But I think what was something that I had to be mindful of was um. Not getting caught up in, yo, the excitement. Because I tell you, forget about week four or five. Even by week two, it was very apparent to me the impact of what was happening. Because, yeah. um, you know, it would always be a Wednesday taping. Yeah. But it would go live on Friday night. Right. Because they couldn't yeah. handle it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They had to, like, process it through editing first. Before, yeah, yeah. Yo, but, but what I mean is, here I go into my first taping on Friday, on Wednesday night. Friday night it airs. Yo, I'm telling you, literally by that next Saturday morning. I'm talking about the first week. I walk out into the streets of New York, and my whole universe has completely changed. You're selling so, the best of gin DVD or CDs. <laughs> oh, now they're like, now I'm just Hot standing kicks. there. Yeah. They're like, yo, yeah. I need that. And that's, I'm, yeah, and that's that that's was the effect. Awesome. That was the effect. And then, as you can imagine, with every week that's passing, that whole element is just increasing. Yeah. So by week four or five, and to me, this is beautiful. I'm still out there. Like, I'm still in front of Fat Beats, but yeah. now my pedal game doesn't have to be as intense. <laughs> no, I'm just chilling now you're like there. real like, I'm just like, yeah, how much you want it for? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like holding on to But, um, yo, I'm still taking, you know, Subway, and I'm still on the, and, and to me, that was probably the most fun times. Like, week five into Freestyle Friday, yeah. but I'm still on the sixth train, you know, <laughs> or the seven going back into Queens, sure, yeah. jumping off at Jackson Heights or whatever. Yeah. And it was just like, I think that, because that was my, for what it is, that was my first taste of, yo, know, this drug called fame. Yeah. You know, which kills. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and Word but to at, uh, Hassan. <laughs> <laughs> but does it feel I saved like. Them from that. Yes. You know? nah. so, Wait, shout out to Hassan. So, you know, um, 
I don't think that anybody actually came close to beating you, except for Sky Zoo came the closest. Yes. yes. Sky Zoo came the closest. Yes. When he had that line uh, about how uh, AJ, uh, you rap like, like AJ, AJ dresses. dresses. We're terrible. terrible. Yeah. Yes. Which is <laughs> yes. one of the best lines. Yes. In, in that context and on that platform. Oh, and, my God. AJ standing there and then free yes. having to say, hey, Chill, man. Yeah, yeah, like you do, do not diss the man here. in his house. Yeah. 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 And even outside of that one line. <laughs> to me, that was probably the most like, like bar for bar. That was the one I think. Whether you're viewing from home or you're mm. one of those three judges up there with the little card, right. yeah. that's the one where you really had to put some thought into it. Yeah, and really be like, ah, man, but it could, it that could. Was, like, they didn't do one more rounds back then. Yeah, but for me, it was definitely worthy of a one more round. And you know what? So the the three and, judges that day were Tweet, Missy, and Timberland. Yeah. And Tim said. I think we, we should, should do, do another one more round. round. Yeah. Yeah. Because so he was excited. That was Tim awesome. Tim trying to sabotage. Nah. <laughs> That's but, why I didn't buy no Timberland beats for my Rough Rider. So, <laughs> so you didn't probably, but like, my budget couldn't but like, withstand five. it. Right. You can only afford, like, you know, Young Kanye. And yeah. Just Blaze. Just That's different. Imagine that. Yo, purchasing a Young Kanye beat and, like, a not Young Kanye beat is two different dimensions. <laughs> so, so $18,000 each. <laughs> so, four or five weeks in. Yeah. When do you get the idea that like, yo, a record deal is on the way? Well, quiet is kept. By the fourth week, I had signed with Rough Riders already. Oh, you did? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know if I've ever disclosed this. Even if I have, I probably did it in a very subtle, yeah, very Mm -hmm. like I might have been at a barbecue in Chinatown. (laughs) It's just like four or five people, but on this massive level, yeah, 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 in front of a mic. (laughs) This is the first. Yeah. By the fourth or fifth week, I had signed already. Wow. When did they approach you? Uh, they approached us probably not too far within that. So probably mm-hmm. by the third week, roughly, mm-hmm. um, we were actually in talks with them, and mm-hmm. then like one or two others, like later. Who else? Uh, I remember going up to the Columbia office at one point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, because to be, of Wyclef. Uh, <laughs> may or may not have been. I don't. Know, I, but because me and Kay were running around at mm-hmm. that time, mm-hmm. right. so we're literally just left and right. It was like a whirlwind for us, right? Mm-hmm. And we're left and right just meeting up with any and everybody who was interested, which was any and everybody. And yeah, are they interested in hearing you rap in person? Or are they like, I've seen what I've seen on TV and you're magnetic and you can control a crowd? And- I, I think it was, a, it, was, it was a lot of that. Okay. I, which I think for what it is, is kind of what worked for me and against me from the beginning of my career. Which was, there's this initial feeling of excitement. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes that excitement gets lost as you try to transition into the next chapter of what's supposed to happen. So by week four, yeah, by week four or five, I would say, I would say it was even safe to say that the ink had dried already. Like mm-hmm. I'm Rough Riders. Wow. Like, the chain is on my neck. Yeah. And, Wait, did you wear the chain during the, uh, well, five the and six, I don't yeah. because there was this kind of magnificent <laughs> rollout plan, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. where, and this speaks a lot on Rough Riders too. I mean, they were like, yo, we think you're, we know you're just going to keep rocking it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was kind of like betting on the house in crazy. a crazy way. They were like, just don't share this news yet. And then after you win on the last week, just announce it right there. So crazy. So nowadays, that's you know that's like that's like the whole Kanye Rockefeller chain yep, chaining right, before yeah. the Kanye Rockefeller chain. Yeah, chain, no chain kidding. Day. But now conspiracy but, uh, theory me <laughs> is starting it. to think that because uh, Rough Riders got in with you so early, yeah, 
Maybe the whole thing was rigged. Maybe you didn't wow. deserve to win the last three weeks. Yeah, go for it. Wow. Hey, no. <laughs> I'm gonna write anything a, to bring uh, me back into the spotlight. <laughs> if it takes a conspiracy courtesy of uh, conspiracy theory courtesy of Mitch the Rail, yeah, right. I'll take it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna write like a massive blog post on like a shadow blog. That's right. <laughs> oh man, um, and I'm gonna have to follow up with a Reddit AMA. Yes, <laughs> pertaining specifically to that <laughs> yeah, yeah. theory. Hey. That's right. <laughs> well, wait. Maybe we should edit this out. <laughs> there was one week that Swiss was a judge. Really? And uh, yeah, Swiss. Did he have Swiss? to be like, oh, like this guy? <laughs> nah, um, Swiss was a judge after I think we had signed already. Or if not, around the same time that we were in talks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I do remember clearly that before week seven, probably like six or seven, like week six or seven, we already were all on the same page about after you win that last week, yeah. just go up there and pull the chain out. And, you know, make a big hoopla about Yeah, yeah. It. You had met DMX early on, though. Yeah. Like, down in Florida. Yeah. Really? Uh, 17-year-old, life's a bitch. I do my research. Life, life's a bitch, Jin. Like, yeah. that Yep, Jin, yep. He met... Side B. Yeah, side B. <laughs> he met DMX. Um, wait, let me rephrase that. I didn't meet X, but I made an attempt to. He was At in the Miami. Urinal. <laughs> Did Consequence make you buy two of his... <laughs> yeah, it was definitely one of... Uh, um, what was the scenario? The scenario was he was in Miami. I don't think he was working on his dark and hell is hot. Mm-hmm. He was probably working on flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. Dope. Dope. Yeah. Epic masterpiece. Yeah. Down at the Hit Factory, yep. which is like a hop, skip, and a jump away from you know my old neighborhood. So me and my friends right away, I jump in my Honda Civic at the time. Ride of choice for sure. young aspiring Asian rappers. Listen, I was about to say. Yeah. Did you have a spoiler on it? No, I didn't. Oh, Ooh, I kept wow. it real stock. Wow. Then you know what? I kept it real stock. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> kept it super stock. But um, I, I go down to the studio, and in front of the studio, there's you know, it's like it's gated. Yeah. So there's already a bunch of locals just hanging out outside. You know, teens, adults waiting to catch a glimpse of X. Right. Yeah. So I run straight up to the gate. I got my little two, three man crew with me. And I Smiles just and South Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smiles was busy. Yeah. It was just me and South Star. <laughs> who I met recently. Shout out to South Star, man. You really? Know, yeah. Like you would think. You Orlando know, we, boys. Yeah, yeah. We never crossed paths all these years, but like about a year ago, me and South Star ended up at the same... Uh, same terminal? At- <laughs> a same event in okay. Chicago. Dope. But um, so I run up to the gate and I just start spitting. Mm-hmm. Now behind the gate, right? So outside us regular, you know, civilians, sure. we're trying to catch a glimpse of X. Behind the gate, it's just Rough Rider Central. Right. So people are like lifting Help. weights. Yo. There was probably like a pit bull fight to the far right side, uh, to the left. You know, there's dice shooting. There, there's like literally all of it. Like all that, of it there, right like, there. The as, bikes yeah. are rolled up. You got yeah. the whole experience. It looks like a, a yo, uh, Rough Rider Anthem, you know, the the the, the prologue. Lots right. of lots of lugs. And <laughs> yeah. I, like if there was like a Disney World for Rough Riders, like that would that be That was it. it. That wow. was like, it's a small Frontier world. Frontierland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one. It's a small world. So I just start spitting, right? I start spitting, spitting, and naturally, in gin fashion, I start rhyming about what I see. Yeah. It's like a basketball hoop. I'm like, yo, he's shooting a three-pointer, but when I kick a flow, you know, watch it get blocked, you know that I'm hot. Jackie DMX, Joyner. Yeah. Like yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> Jackie Joyner. <laughs> How do you know I always, I always end up uh, linking three-pointer with Jackie Joyner? Is that what you do? Uh, often. Yeah. In battles, I've done it at least four times. Oh, you heard it here first. Gin recycles rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, my Jackie Joyner bars... <laughs> they catch the attention of the powers that be behind the gate. Yeah. So in like in like a Willy Wonka chocolate factory moment, the gate starts opening and then I hear this voice that's like, Yeah, yo, let that little man in right there. Yo. And this happens to be D 
D. Dean of Rough Riders. So, because you know, like, Rough Riders for the longest, you know, they're a very family structure. Yeah, right? yeah, but yeah. the faces have always been D and Y. Yeah. Right? D, D, Dean, Y, Dean. Yep. And D was like, yeah, let that little dude in right there. So, the gate's opening, and then everyone outside, the civilians are like, oh, <laughs> So, I stroll in. This is like, like Willy Wonka. It yeah. is Willy Wonka. All you need is like D to like do like a forward somersault. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then all the other Rough Riders are like, da, he just got bars. Let him in. He'll be a superstar. Right? Wow. Ah, Jackie Joyner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I stroll in and, and I don't even know if D remembers this. But I meet D, and from there he's like, "Yeah, you, you know, you nice, you know." And then they made me rhyme in typical Rough Rider CEO sure. fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, they, I don't remember battling anybody there, which I would have expected. But they was like, "Yeah, just yo, let me hear something." So I'm going in my 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 mental catalog. I'm kicking all these random verses. I'm freestyling, and then in the end, what I thought was gonna be like, "Yo, this is my moment, right? This is what I worked hard for all yeah. this time." He was like. All right, man, keep doing your thing. Damn. And just sent me out the way, out the gate. Out the, Damn. You know, I, I walk back out the Wonka factory, right? Walk right out the gates that I came in through. And but, kept um, rapping about things you saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, still. Damn. And then I move on with life. Now, here's the crazy thing. I don't know to this day, because even after meeting them again and being on the roster yeah. for like five years, yeah. I personally never was like, so y'all remember that one day, right? <laughs> uh, Jackie Joyner, you know, Jackie yeah. come on, D, Jackie Joyner. And uh, I mean, I've always treasured that, that there was always wow. these somewhat like like a premonition of some sort that it was going to unfold in a certain way. Man. And I have one with Wyclef too. Like, you before, know, the, before doing the song, with you were him. in Haiti. <laughs> yeah, there was bars. They were playing basketball. By yeah. It was yeah. him and the president. And I, nah, uh, with him. He was in Miami promoting the Gone Till November mm-hmm. song and project. Yeah. So the he carnival. had yeah, yeah. he had um he had cannabis with him mm-hmm. who like at that point and even to this day is just someone that I've always held in the highest regard. Mm-hmm. Uh just from a pure student of You're talking to two guys who don't really care about cannabis, by the way. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Hey. This and this just goes to show you you know how adamant I am about emphasizing this because yeah. I know you guys don't care about and, and him. Listen, well, you didn't know that, but yeah. <laughs> now that I know, now I'm gonna intensify my, you know, my my my, my voice of tone, my tone of voice now. But uh, they were down there and they were on this radio station, 99 Jams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I call up the station and I'm like, "Yo, my name is Jen. I rhyme." Da da da. And they were like, "Let me hear something." Like on the other end is Clef and Biss, right? Mm-hmm. And then I kicked this rhyme, and I remember it was around that time that I started really kind of. Getting real intricate with my bar, like you know, right. like metaphors and things like that. Yeah, influenced by you know guys like whether it was cannabis and Naza who met yeah. whoever, right? But Biss was one of the ones that I remember really just unlocking my brain to you know. So I say that to say at one time I was writing rhymes from the mind of cannabis, meaning so. Yeah. Uh, I remember that verse I kicked on the radio. It was like. Um, uh, uh, my uh, my blood type is triple P for passionately pulverizing punk MCs. Mm. Something along the line yeah, of that. Yeah. Wow. And I finished my rhyme, and you know the DJ's like, "All right, we're gonna get into this JT Money joint." <laughs> <laughs> and it was just this complete weird like disconnect. <laughs> okay, we got that new trick, Daddy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh huh. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. shut up. Yeah. Right? And then, uh, but you're like, you know, like, talking about like philosophical, just like stars yeah. and yeah, yeah everything, alliteration, yeah. galaxies. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But uh, I go to the concert and. Clef remembers. Mm-hmm. Clef is on stage and he's like, yeah, that's, you know, because I end up meeting with them and Clef is like, yeah, that's the young dude that called up the radio station. Shout out to that's him. That's cool. That's awesome. And it is epic. I'm like 18 at the time, roughly. 
So once again, when I reconnected with Clef for Learn Chinese yeah. and that whole you know uh, saga, yeah. I, I don't even know if he remembers that in Miami once upon a time. So that's two instances where yeah. Yeah. these kind of like deja vu-ish type of scenarios. Um, so back back on Freestyle Friday, what's your relationship a couple weeks in with AJ and Free? Obviously, they see the potential, but yeah, I think from day one onward, um, they came across to me as just genuinely supportive. Yeah, and and I think they had they had they had high hopes for me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know they were always very like um, very nurturing. I mean, for what it was worth, as That's much great. as you can, as much nurturing as you can be as a host of a sure, you know, right. hip hop countdown show, right? Um, but for me, and I think this says a lot about just not only with them two, but over the course of my career, and this is what my wife really is her one criticism of me, just as a person, and uh, is that a lot of times when I have these opportunities to really bond and connect and, and establish just organic relationships with people, not because there's a potential, you know, uh, uh, not because there's a potential usage of that relationship right Mm -hmm, but just organically you meet people if you connect and build with them then it happens if you don't you don't but she's like you always have these opportunities and you kind of just overlook them Hmm. so I think of Free and AJ amongst the never ending list of all a bunch all these people that I've met you know I always wonder that my Kanye session yeah right meaning when I did finally work on my album I asked myself what would have happened if I was a little more proactive and actually building and connecting with him because I didn't, which is why a lot of times now people, when they hear it, you know, they like, yeah, yo, you did that song with Kanye. Yeah. And they're they're expecting this really extravagant, you know, Rick James Chappelle story <laughs> of my time with Kanye right. in the studio, which they probably could have been, but it never manifested because I was too busy just sitting there like staring like, <laughs> yo, I'm in the studio with Kanye. Right? So to his credit, I mean... Not that he had to be extra like, yo, Jen, yo, let's just build for a second before we even talk music. Right. Nah, he was there. You know, to him it was a job. And unless otherwise, that's what it would have been. Sure. So right. he's punching away at the MP on, you know, he's on the keyboard. He's like, yo, what do you think about this? He presses one key. And I'm like, yo, that's dope. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo, and that's how my Kanye song came to life. Right. Um, but that being probably one of the more prominent ones where throughout the years, I'm like, dang, what would have happened? I mean, I, I might be, you know, I might have been like one of the groomsmen. You could have been at like the big Kanye Sahai Hayden the prince. I, yeah, I, yeah, oh, yeah. Sahai the gins. Sahai the ah. Ah. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds good. Don't, don't. So when you, so when you, when you finally signed the Rough Riders, um, and you have, you know, you're with D and Y, and, and this, is, do you know it's through Virgin, by the way, at that point? No. Okay. Yeah. Not so, at all. so their distribution deal is still through Def Jam, as far as you know, or Universal. Um, well, I don't, you know, I can't say I didn't know because those were things that I think were very important to me. And so Kay, mm-hmm. at the time, is still my manager. And once again, to his credit, I think what was challenging but also just reality for us is both of us are just going with the flow as yeah. it comes, right? So when we once we locked in the Rough Rider deal, both of us had the same vision that this is, yo, this one makes the most sense yeah. of the three or four that we're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made the most sense. I'm yeah. telling you, like as much as you're like, I don't know, Jin doesn't really fit the Double R mold. It made a lot of sense at the time, sure. Because I think what Double R was also very reassuring about, and I think they stuck to it for the most part, was like, we just want you to do you, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't feel uncomfortable in thinking because the R is a certain way that we're bringing you and trying to mold you into that, right? And I I think they they meant it when they said it mm-hmm. and they pretty much adhered they adhered to it even as the years That's went great. by right so 
But along with that, what was tricky and challenging was that this was uncharted territory for everybody. Right. Right. So yeah. even with their, you know, immaculate record thus far, right? Yep. Where Ride or Die Volume One, X's multiple albums, Swiss, Eve, The Locks, yeah. whatever the case. This is uncharted territory, right? And there mm. was so much hype and excitement and buzz. And I use the word hype now only recently, you know, with comfort because I used to think that there would be like a negative thing attached to it. But mm. as I got older and started reflecting more, I'm like, yo, I mean, not in terms of like I felt like I was a victim to it, but meaning like, yo, I I allowed myself to fall into it. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way I could say it. Yeah, and that's yeah. like the one thing I'm able to man up and own up to. But at the time, they're like renegotiating with Def Jam, they're renegotiating with Interscope and all these talks are going on and there was just this feeling of like, well, I'm, I don't want to get caught up in the politics of this so I'm signing to the R. Wherever my distribution comes from, it's, it's going to be, at that moment, it wasn't a factor to me yeah. and I look back now and I'm like, Maybe it should have been a factor to hmm. me, right? So here I am. But first, also, what do you know at, at yeah, 20? At 20, yeah. I don't know. You know, me and my manager, like I said, we, we're kind of going through the weather as it's unfolding. But then uh, next thing you know, yeah, it did arrive at a point. And it's cool because a lot of times I listen back to some of the songs that I put out at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with little freestyle joints, or mixtape mm-hmm. joints. And it so captures my mindset throughout these different phases. Because yeah. there was one point where essentially... I signed with Rough Riders like kind of maybe late 2001, early 2002. Mm-hmm. And the natural thought from the general public was like, yo, we're going to get that Jin album right away or right now or right. probably not too far down the line. It didn't come out till about three years later. It mm-hmm. came out in 04. Mm-hmm. Right. And the question is, yo, why? And not only that, I think what was also like tricky was just these several release dates it might have been better off if we just never set a release date Mm -hmm. and just let it linger as opposed to i must have put out like between the day i got signed to when it finally came out i must have put out like maybe four to five release dates until it finally came right right and i'm saying that to say maybe at a certain point people were just like yo you playing jen you know what i mean like and they don't care about the politics they're just looking at it on uh, at face value it's like they're looking at those ads like every single month every month yeah yeah yeah. double accelerate you buy like like, a Kiss album and inside it says jen album coming totally totally no no jen album coming and but quiet is kept behind the scenes what's happening is everything we're talking about which is just even the ultimate uncertainty of Who's distributing my album? Sure. Right. And then you mentioned Virgin, which yep. ended up being yep. the marriage. So Rough Rider, Virgin. And I can only describe that as um, man, that 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 one was tough. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't even make it sound colorful well, or that one was tough. Yeah. Do you feel like Okay, so you go from the high point of signing with them, breaking out the chain, yeah. making this announcement, and these yeah. are these are guys, look. We all know their their track record. They're on top of the world, and you're signing there, and you're the next one up for three years. Do you feel? And they link up with Virgin, and that's a long, drawn out process. Yeah. That you know, like you said, a lot of release dates, a lot of like uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Where where? What's your mindset like? Do you feel like your opportunity at this point? You've moved up to New York. You've made these dreams come true, and now they're taking it away from you. Even in the midst of all the frustration. And kind of like this feeling of of angst. I always was able to maintain a level of optimism, mm-hmm. and I think that 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 worked for me all the way until the album finally dropped. Mm-hmm. I think the album dropping, and also as it relates to the 
lackluster performance, I mean, yo, just to put it all out there, is when it really finally... It was almost like I was trying to hold it up as long as I could. Mm-hmm. But then when it dropped and it didn't live up to the aforementioned hype, is when it just all started unraveling. And I, even at that point, I tried to put up this facade as long as I could. But then, like a year or two after it, I couldn't. And it just, that's when it really took a toll on me. Like on a real personal level. Right. And I've shared about this, you know. Yeah. Um, in interviews and stuff like that. And it's interesting because it's really only like maybe the last year or two that I've even been able to kind of open up these chambers about these things. Yeah. Well, it was I mean, hard at one point. Yeah, it's got to feel like, you know, you're, you're building your entire life towards this moment and then it's just... Yeah. But then, you know, that there's several, I mean, I feel like my whole journey, life and career-wise, has just been a series of plot twists. And we may or may not get into it, but then it was like almost all these things had to happen that lead me to, that led me to go into China in yeah. 08. Yeah. Right? right? Which is where, not like, and I, and I say it like, not only did going out there breathe life into me, like, yo, just to be real, like, financially and career-wise. Sure. Yeah. But it was those four years out there that, man, I really grew as a person. You know, coming back and just seeing that. Dang, yo, number one, you've been on a crazy ride. And there was ups and downs. But still, you are one of the many super blessed people, you know, in this field. In terms of not just rap, but in entertainment. To where, in some of the more unfortunate cases, you hear people who have these, you know, kind of disappointing career fallouts. Yeah. And, yo, they just fall victim to, uh, yo, a plethora of different things. Well, I I think, I, I strongly believe in the idea of um of one's journey mm-hmm. right and like yeah like there's ups and downs and there's strikes and gutters you know yeah. but i think that if you don't go through those things they don't make you into the person you are right totally like so we've been doing our stuff for eight years and i feel like there's been lots of different developments and times when things are really exciting times when things are boring but like i think that makes you into the person and people that we are we have a specific you know, voice and vision because of all those things that happened. Bingo. So I think the point that you've gotten to today, part of your journey was that Rough Riders roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yo, I, I've even had multiple times over the years, still to date, where I find myself kind of defending them. Not that they need my defending, mm-hmm. but meaning when I'll, whether it's I come across a comment in a Facebook message or in person, and, you know, their sentiment of the individual is, Yo, man, but I don't know why Rough Riders did you like that. And I'm right away like, wait, 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 wait. Did me like what? They didn't do anything but give me a life-changing opportunity. And 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 uh, and not for nothing, I think even behind the scenes, you know, and I love putting this stuff out there. Yo, they went above and beyond in terms of like on some non-music-related stuff. Really? Non-career-related stuff where they, you know... Took me in in ways, and and you know between DY and the countless amount of people that I've worked with and met, with uh, met with in the years that I was part of that label and that yo, and you always hear people refer to Double R as a family. It is yo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if like you're a Chinese kid from Miami, the moment you come in and you're like, yo, he's one of us. He's one of us, That's right? Dope. And in those several, several years that I was with them, not for one moment did I not feel that, right? Like you get something like when you become part of Double R. That, yo, a lot, not a lot of people get to experience. Like, just as an example, you know, you go to these different cities to do these shows. And because of the tie between the label and then, like, the, the, the bike club, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And even the bike club, it's very family-oriented. But the moment you arrive in Fayetteville, North Carolina, <laughs> yo, the airport is, like, 65 Rough Riders out there with the vests. They're making sure you get to the hotel. Yeah. They're making sure you get there. And whether that's needed or not is a whole other story. But it's like, yo... You 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 carry that R, 
yo, we got you. Whatever it is, whether it's something simple or if it's not simple, we that's, got you. That's right awesome. you know Do you still wear your chin? I have it, but I don't wear it. I don't know. Who knows what will happen if I put it around my neck right now? <laughs> like, I, I either I may, like, transform into, like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's like a, a, a Marvel hero's origin <laughs> yeah, story yeah, yeah. waiting to happen. Well, you got bit by the spider. Yeah, yeah, but something. Like, whoever possesses that chain, like, it might be like the Green Lantern ring. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit too much power right now. Yeah. I mean, for all I know, I might try to keep it away from him. But then, like, you know, when I'm dead and gone, Chance <laughs> finds it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Imagine that. Chance finds wow. it. Now, all of a sudden. That feels like the mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The son of, son son of the mask. Son of the mask. Oh, wait. So, speaking of Rough Riders, how is your Ducati game? How is your Kawasaki oh, game? Horrible. <laughs> oh, that might have been the reason why my album didn't do what it was supposed to. Because, you know, people are like, yo, Jin, there's 1.3 billion Chinese people. You good, right? Mm-hmm. And... Being the young 22-year-old me, I'm like, word, I am good, right? <laughs> of course, they're all going to buy a copy. Right? Yeah. Probably two of them, right, each. Yeah, yeah. But maybe because they never saw me on a Ducati. <laughs> never, you know, but they, they saw they, you All in... the videos that they ever saw, they didn't see me, you know, like doing a wheelie. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> might have to, you know, might have to just um, stick with the bootleg. They saw you in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. That was that was really mind-blowing, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, first of all, they, they, they had a bunch of uh, rappers, like, trying out for roles for that. Yeah. You actually got one. I got one. Redman did not. Did he try out for the the sequel? Is that what he? I didn't hear for, about this. For, he was supposed to get um, Ja Rule's role. Could it be in the first yeah. one? Well, Ja Rule wanted to get uh, Tyrese's part in, in the second, second one. one. Ah. Redman wanted Ludacris. The inner workings of the Fast and the Furious <laughs> universe that the world. Yeah. I didn't even know about this, and I thought I knew everything about the Fast and the Furious. This is all on IMDb's trivia page. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna act like I'm like. <laughs> Yo, talking to Neil Moritz okay, or anything. If anything, you know, uh, Mr. Rule, he mm-hmm. really set the <laughs> Mr. tone. Mr. Rule, sure. Because he was in the first one. Mm-hmm. And that was like a bit, because the first yeah. one is really the, you know, where it all starts. Yeah. Sure. And he had a pretty prominent role in that one as one of the Yeah, racers. when he's like screaming like, Eruko! Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then uh, the second one, the way it unfolded was, you know, once again, very Cinderella-like. I mean, at the time, they were working on it. And I was already a big fan of the Fast and the Furious universe. And then um, this was totally, yeah, it's totally a DNY Rough Rider connection mm-hmm. uh, alley oop, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to like step up to the plate and, and execute. But um, they had a relationship with the director of that one, John Singleton. Yeah, sure. Who mm-hmm. directed the second one? And it was like, yeah, we do have uh, a role that we would love to have Jen, you know, come and cast uh, audition for. Next thing you know, from that to I'm standing in a trailer in Miami reading for, you know, Mr. Singleton. In Miami. In Miami, which is where that one takes place. You're back. I'm back, yeah. yeah. And there's like... <laughs> they need you like, stand yeah, outside the gates. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, y'all don't even... I, you know, I can stay at my old house. Yeah. And I'll just get to set by myself. Yo, you don't even need to give me a... Hit the urinal, Uber. you know? Yeah. <laughs> After drinks at the urinal <laughs> when we rap, right? That's when right. we rap on set, we'll go back to the urinal. Um, but then I think now at... This juncture right here, sitting amongst you guys, only am I starting to realize, man, what an awesome experience and opportunity that was. Being yeah. in that, uh, the second Fast and the Furious. Because, you know, I mean, the franchise itself has taken on like this. It's like a phenomenon, right? Especially Keeps with, going. The, with the last one, Part yeah. 7. And then even, you know, like there's a tragedy, right, mm-hmm. within it. And I think why it was so surreal is because of just, um, you have all these people who grew up, not just with 
the movies, but with these characters. Yeah. Right? Whether it's Vin's character, Paul Walker's character, and so forth. And then for me, it was also like a little extra surreal because I'm like, yeah, like even if I would have got casted for the third one. Yeah. It's a Tokyo Drifter. Which, yeah. Right? right? Which I didn't, right? But. Well, you're Chinese. Well, <laughs> so no Chinese people in Tokyo. <laughs> For, for once, we're going to make it somewhat realistic, right? All the other movies, cool. But in Tokyo, we're sticking to, you know, reality. No Chinese people. Right, but, they had like um, Bow Wow or something, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. Bow Wow. But because there are Bow Wows in Tokyo. Yo, and then Bow Wow took your shine at 106 in Park. I don't like this. Wow. I don't like where I don't this like is this. going. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely a moment of like just appreciation for what, you know, Fast and the Furious as an entity played in just a lot of us growing up, watching yeah. these movies, attaching ourselves to these characters. So now with like the new one coming out that they've slated for 2017. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Vin, you know, recently announced that I'm on, like, I'm acting like I'm on a first name basis with I him. mean, why not? Why not? Why not? And he announces, oh, we're going to be bringing the story to New York. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm like, I'm here. Yeah, you can and stay in your place. Jimmy well, is here. And what are you doing on Twitter right now? Oh, bring back Jimmy. Bring back yeah, Jimmy. That's kind of like, it's this very silly thing. But, yo, I started this petition and I got like 10,000 people to sign it. And I'm like, yo, I mean. It yo, would, bring it to China, though. There's what, two the, million people. The two million. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna want to see me peel uh, peel off on a Ducati first. And yeah, I don't I know. know if I can do that. So. Listen, the uh, what's her face? Um, uh, Devin Aoki is that yes, her name? Yes. She didn't know how to drive a car, and then until that, until movie. that movie, yeah, you could learn to ride a Ducati. Here we go. Yo, I'm down. I mean, yo, I'll learn how to make couscous if that <laughs> if that'll bring Jimmy that, back. That won't help. <laughs> Um, I'm trying everything but riding a Ducati. Yeah. Okay. When you were with uh, Rough Riders, were you there the time when um, was it D or Y who got into the accident? D. It was D on yeah. one of those like uh, like a motorbike. Yeah. With the three uh, it's wheels. Called a, yeah, it's called a, a T Rex. T Rex. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. called a T Rex. Yeah. yeah. I was there. And what was that like? Man, it it really like I mean beyond it taking a toll on the label. Yeah. And like operations and whatnot. What was really tough was. Uh, Kind of emotionally, I think it, it it took a lot out of a lot of the you know not just the artists but also everyone involved in that circle. Yep. And interestingly enough, the timing of it is when I first got signed, like in the initial days, he was still on the road to recovery. So meaning, it was really a little bit after I got signed, and I'm getting into the fold of Double R that he's coming back around into the circle. Mm-hmm. And then it was interesting because. You know, he, between him and Wah, mm-hmm. he was actually always the more musical focused one. And Wah was handling stuff up at the, you know, the Universal office yeah, or, right. or, you know, where they were based in Midtown. So between the two, I got to function and interact with both in great ways. But yeah, with Wah, it was always like, yo, I got my hand, you know, I, I'm putting my foot on, you know, these necks <laughs> of, of, you know, over at Virgin, yeah. over at wherever. But with D, it was all, always studio based, yeah. always like, Yo, let me hear that verse that you got for that joint. You yeah, know? and we'll, you know we'll get we'll get um, we'll link you up with uh, Twister for out for, for one of the songs. And Amazing. Here's the crazy thing: I got Twister on, and I always look at this like if you want to summarize kind of my career, I got a song with Twister, yep. and I've never met Twister. Really? Yeah, I've never met Twister. And you you met wait wait. But you were in Chicago when you met um, South Star. When you met South Star. Unless that was Twister in disguise. <laughs> Man, he one hell of a disguise. Man, year, but. But yeah, nah, he, um, you know, he bounced back and I think it, it makes me really think about just how surreal it is to end up on a label that you grew up, yo, because I remember when Rough Rider Cash Money, yeah. that tour, oh my God. was down in Miami mm-hmm. and, you know, 
Imagine what would have happened if I ended up on Cash Money. Crazy. Then your album never would have come out. Uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, a few um, more, a few more Rough Riders things. Um, yeah. if, if we could, uh, your album you had, like we mentioned, you had Kanye, Just, Just Blaze, Blaze, Swiss Beats, yeah. And Wyclef on there. I was just destined to not no, but that's, do big things. No. <laughs> but that, that's pretty incredible, though. Like, it is. It um, is. Did you work in the studio with all of them? Um, let's see. The sessions with Clef, yes. Okay. The sessions with Blaze, yes. Mm-hmm. The sessions with uh, Kanye, yes. So I was in a studio with but, all But them. not Swiss. Uh, yes, Swiss oh, as well. Swiss, Swiss, oh, Swiss as well. That would have yeah. been crazy. No, I, like, that's, that's yeah. what I was saying. I was like, yeah, you left The sessions out. were all with, with all of them. Um, and you know that thing I described about kind of that whole process with um, Kanye? I yeah. think it was the same thing. That you thing. weren't proactive I with? wasn't proactive. And it wasn't so much that I was like disconnected from the, that, that place. But I think this also speaks a lot about just my mindset at that time, which is I'm thinking more short term than long term. Right. I'm thinking short term as in like quiet as kept while I'm in the session. I might have been thinking about, yo, we about to go to San Fran on Saturday for a show. Hmm, who do I know in San Fran? And I'm talking about, you know, like the girls, of course. Sure, right? yeah, 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 yeah. 40. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, you know, because that was another thing, just being signed in those early days and still just caught up in, I use the word hype, but yeah, of it all, right? Mm. The hoopla. You're 20. You're 21. Yeah, like, so yeah, of course. It makes yeah. all the sense, yeah. but You had your two-way. You were just I had like, my two-way. Wow. Wow. It was popping. It was popping. And, you know, um, so whether it was the Kanye session or the Just Blaze session, and this is, I think, if there was one piece of wisdom that I could impart on, like, up-and-coming guys, whatever age you are, is just... Never underestimate those moments that you can really connect and bond with someone. Because yeah. I'm not saying that if I were to have been there and applied myself that me and Just Blaze would be BFFs. But I would like to think that there could have been some sort of like dialogue. Because sure. if I look back on it now, to I hate to say it like this, but it was more of a business transaction than anything else. Sure. And not yeah. because of Blaze. Right. Or not because of Kanye. Well, no, but you also but... like didn't know these people. Like, you're a friendly guy, but you know you mm-hmm. don't have to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to like paint the picture of like you being there and being like standoffish like it's just nah, like I you wasn't, just, yeah. it wasn't like if anything i think in the kanye session we might have exchanged like four sentences now with the just blaze i mean we probably did we had at least 10 sentences oh well that's okay between yeah. the two sure. of us well so. i mean how many sci-fi movies have you seen <laughs> <laughs> i was like is that a real low from like back in the days like and he's like yeah um, want to touch it do you uh <laughs> Have you seen any of those guys like in the years since? Have you run into any of any of them? Uh, at a recent South by Southwest, probably like this year, earlier on, mm-hmm. I was able to witness Just Blaze versus Manny Fresh at that beat oh, battle. Oh my god, that was mind blowing. Yeah, no and kidding. I mean, I didn't get to really like uh, chat with Just Blaze, but yeah. got to go up and say what's up to both of them. That's awesome. And, and yo, and um, Manny showed a lot of love too. Actually, That's, like, everyone says he's the like, best. Uh, Rough Riders. Rough Riders, nah. Like D and Y haven't haven't uh, crossed paths with them like for many many years now. Um, late like artist wise, let me think. Have I ran into any one of them? Swiss, Kiss, nah, not really. Um, I, mean, I've, I still follow all of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, that no, we of do, course, of which course. is the yeah. crazy thing, you know. Uh, in the in the midst of all the hype, like at its at its height, yeah. Who was the like the most fascinating person to come up to and be like, yo? I saw you on TV and I'm fucking with this movement. Okay. Not to that extent and not in detail like that, but the one that I will always remember. I'll tell you the scenario first before I say who it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was in Puerto Rico at one of those, they do these annually, like these mixed show. Yeah, yeah. Summit. Oh, the yeah. Summit. Yeah, yeah. yeah summit. I want to guess after you like do it. The whole okay. Thing. okay. Hotel lobby. Mm-hmm. I'm going Arcari- Arcari- Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hell no. I 
mean, I don't mean that hell no in a malicious, I hate R. Kelly hell no. But as in, nah, the one that I, who I'm going to say trumps Mr. Kelly. Yeah. And, and and just because they're in completely different universes. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I was like, yo, guess this, check out, guess who is the R&B king that really rocked me when we crossed paths. No, so it's not R. Kelly. Hotel lobby. Uh, I'm going one direction. Him and his uh, entourage are going in other uh, direction. Here's the number one clue. And the two of you will probably know this as soon as I give the clue. When I saw him and his entourage, I was like, wow, they are pretty brave. All right. Oh, so you, yeah. you guys know already before maybe the listeners yeah. Yeah, might not know, yeah, right? Yeah. So we, I was like, wow, they do look pretty brave in real life, right? Yeah. So we cross paths. I'm in awe. I'm like, I'm dumb struck. <laughs> I'm just in awe struck, dumbfounded. We cross paths. After we, and I couldn't muster up anything to say <laughs> anything. I'm just basking in his presence. We finally cross within four steps. I actually hear him turn back. I'm like, hey, yo, 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 yo. And I turn back. I'm like, yo, what's up? And and, and it's a simple pound. Yo, just keep doing your thing, yo. You That's know what awesome. I mean? Like, keep doing your thing. And we part ways, right? Nas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very brave. Oh. Uh, yeah. A lot of heart. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Very brave. That's tons, awesome. Tons of heart. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I've pondered between then and now is like, I really, really, really <laughs> Hope he didn't think I was South Star. Yeah, <laughs> I, really... I don't think that Nas would be like, "Hey, I love that one song that you have." Yeah. Yeah. Yo, no, hey, don't try, don't try no, to no, belittle no. that one song. Yeah. It was a big song for I, them. It was and, a big and song. Also, but also for, for South Star, right? Also, now. but it was, it was also like... by Rob Campman, by the way. I really? Yeah, because because he that was won... also a big song for Ja Rule. At yeah, the time. Like, yeah, it's yeah. the same beat. Oh, same oh, beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like mesmerizer. Yeah. Mesmerize, that was a good song too. <laughs> Great song. But uh, so he was just like, yo, keep doing your thing. And we parted ways and didn't cross, you know, we have yet to see each other. But only about three days ago, after years and years and years and years of not really addressing it, I decided to publicly announce my top five. And it dawned on me that he sits pretty definitively at the top spot, yo. Even nice. though your life's a bitch is way better than his. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> no, you just want the but, fans uh, to. You want he, the fans to. Yo, yeah. he's sitting up there because I had this super intense uh, one of kind of powwow with some junior high, high school friends. I was down in Miami a couple of days ago and along with just catching up with, you know, old childhood friends. Sure. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we opened the Pandora's box, you know, top fives. Come on, let's do yep. it. Let's do it. Yep. And I've always been super ambiguous and vague with my answers. <laughs> like, it depends what type of mood I'm in that day. <laughs> yeah. Is this an augmented top five? Right. Like, are there any like prerequisites? But that night I was just, I don't know, something just c- compelled me and I was like, yo, I'm going to give y'all my, my, my five. And you were like cannabis. Yeah. He's there. Ah! Yeah. Oh, wow. He's there. He's there. In my in my definitive type. Have you five. ever worn silver paint? <laughs> no, I haven't. And is this is this Nas and after Nas, it was it, after it was written? Well, I, I I said him just in terms of like entire body. So okay, I didn't yeah. spe- specify to a certain period Nas. Wait, now I want to hear the rest of your top if five. If I take if I take it was written Nas, I gotta take Nastradamus Nas. Of course. You know, yeah. Gotta, sure. If I want Just the whole Yeah. Yeah. yeah if if the I whole wanna catalog. take if I wanna take I gave you power, I gotta take Shot it. Yeah. Say oh, yeah. your price, which is great too. <laughs> yeah. Great so, song. so you want the five. I give yeah. you five. So okay. it was um it was interesting because Nas sits definitively at the top. Mm-hmm. The other four you know, nondescript. Right. Maybe anywhere. Mm-hmm. Cannabis was in there. Sure. M was in there. Yep. Okay. Hove was in there. Yep. And then the fifth one, 
gin. Is a tricky one. No. Oh. <laughs> Early in the evening, I had black thought there. Okay. Wow, Early okay. in the evening, mm-hmm. after after a little bit of, of lingering and dust settling, I had to retract it, and they and they actually gave me hell. Like, hey, no amendments, man, no amendments. <laughs> and I was like, I haven't seen y'all in like six years. Give me one amendment. And and I, I say this like kind of half remorsefully and half like, no, I had to make this change. I had to retract Black Thought out. And you put in Ludacris. No, I had to put Lauren Hill in there. Okay. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, because we started talking about like the Fugees and da, 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 and it just dawned on me. And really, just to add on to that, this final tidbit, my list is composed of, you know, because when people compose lists, they think of various factors. They think of performance, you know, sales performance. Yep. They think mm-hmm. of body of work. All I, I gotta say that probably for my top five, my first thing is I'm going with which five MCs have made an impact on me. Sure. On just like an emotional connecting level. That's why I'm saying you should have put Ludacris. He was your friend in Too Fast, Too Furious. But he wasn't in part three, four, five, six, or seven. (laughs) Well, that's because you... He might come back in the list if, you know, he makes some magic happen for part eight. (laughs) He'll be sitting there with Lauren and Slim and, you know, the rest of the crew. But Nas sat definitively up there on the top. Yeah, like... Particularly that it was written album, man. Um, that, do you think it's fair? Do you think it's fair? I was thinking about this today, and I was saying this to Jeff. Maybe I think you just hit too early. Like I, you know, like <laughs> as far as a career, like yeah. honestly, yeah. Like I, I read somewhere that you said, uh, you know what? I think it was your New York Times piece, which was written by Tanahasi Coates. Yes, which is Did pretty amazing. That is, yeah. Early on in his journey too. Um, yeah, amazing that, writer. That's unbelievable. Yeah. New York yeah. Times Magazine. Um, I think it was that piece when you said, you know, I'm I'm aiming for an audience that may not be exactly who Jay is talking to, right? Yeah. yeah. Where Jay Z, you know, you're, you're like, I can't imagine that trip to the Amalfi Coast, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine like the cars he drives. Like I just live in a different sort of tax bracket, yeah. right? I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. And that sounded a lot to me like Kanye. Mm-hmm. And you see who he's appealed to and how that is like driven his yeah, career. Yeah, Not yeah. saying that you guys are the same at all yeah. or that you had the same. I would say you guys are the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, but similarly you were going for like an audience that was different, right? Yeah. That sort of like maybe su- that suburban audience that sort of had a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You, do you ever think about like maybe you hit a little too well, early? I've always been told and you know, there was one point where people, man, this warms my heart. People would come up to me and to some degree offer their condolences as well as offer their insights and kind of words of comfort. It's like, yo, man, it wasn't you. It wasn't lack of skill. It was this, that, and the third. And in this case, what you're bringing up, one thing people would always say is that the timing of it. Right. It's like, yo, man, you was ahead of you, you know, like, and timing-wise, if you would have came out at a different time. And as much as that warms my heart, I arrived at a point where I was just like, you know what? Thank you for that gesture. But I don't think it was anything. I think it was just... That's it. All unfolded exactly how it was supposed to. Okay, it and was written. Time, if, yo, it was written. <laughs> yes, it was written. And, you know, and um, because if I were to look back and weigh the ups and downs, mm-hmm. the high, you know, and kind of all of these things combined, I still think that things worked out more than they didn't work out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, and I can kind of like venture off into a bunch of stuff. You know, I mean, all the career stuff aside. I mean, I sit here now, yeah, I got married like mm-hmm. four years ago. I have a three-year-old. And above all else, I mean, I have my peace of mind, which yeah. I think, you know, from those seven weeks onward, it may have appeared like I was sitting on top of the world, but I don't think I've ever felt the peace that I feel now. That's dope. And that maybe had to do with just having this supposed 
dream kind of like shattered mm-hmm. only to see that wow what you thought was the, the 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 dream scenario was actually just like a bubble that you were living in right and then now i get to really appreciate and embrace what my reality is now your parents uh well documented they weren't really fans of hip-hop and you're yeah. the idea of you getting into hip-hop. you know who they love though my friend mano <laughs> Parents, which Chinese parents don't love my, you know, <laughs> any Wait, Chinese how? parents who has a kid that is a friend of Mano, those parents are lucky, okay? Like, I like, just want to know, if your parents were skeptical of hip-hop, what do they think of this comedy career? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, my dad has been very, we've been having a cool dialogue about it. He knows that I embarked on it several mm-hmm. months back, and like any Chinese dad... He's offering me jokes. Okay. He's, you know, he's like, you know, you could talk about, you know, <laughs> and, oh, talk about this and know about that. But, you know, and uh, moms, yo, moms is cool. Moms is like, even before the, you know, embarking on the comedy, as far as my music goes, many, many years ago. Uh, and not only just because, oh, I finally signed a deal and made something of myself, but because I think she, I mean, she's the one that fronted me the, you know, sure. the money at first, right? Yeah. For my first run. Um, she arrived at that point where she saw how much I loved it. And now it's it's so cool where we get together for dim sum or whatever it may be, and she'll say, you know which song I really like, and she'll reference some song, some obscure song of mine that probably never even saw the light of day. I I wanted you to tell the story that you've already told, but like ten years ago, which yeah. is of your dad shopping for mixtapes on Canal Street. Wow! Did that? Wow! See, that's a do you even one. know that story, or do I? I can tell you the story. <laughs> Yo, give it, to, give it to me. Okay, but so now, basically, it's yeah. that uh, when you were first coming out, your dad went down Canal Street looking for your CDs. Uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> I just thought that there was <laughs> it, more to that. Not, that that sounds. You, yeah, you told uh, to was like it a NPR or, or he was looking for my album. I um, I, yeah, I believe it was your mixtape. Right. Well, in recent years, uh, in regards to my dad, it's cool. I mean, the one moment that I knew that this man has finally officially <laughs> turned a new leaf yep. is when he was like, have you heard that new Busta Rhymes song? <laughs> and I think he was talking about... The, Wait, your parents are like up on... Yo, he he was, and I think he was talking about. He was like, "Yeah, I heard it on the radio. I think it's Busta Rhymes." <laughs> uh, and I, you know, here's the which one. He's like, you know, at one part, he's like rapping really loud. I couldn't have done it. And then, and then, like really, all of a sudden, he oh. starts rapping very low. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know which yeah, one. Yeah. But if you take that same thing and apply it to just me having this conversation with this 55 year old Chinese man, yeah. But he don't know the lyrics, and he don't know that he he knows it's Busta Rhymes, right? And he know that for eight. Bars, it's and then he's like but then yeah. he goes really low and get low dun, 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 dun. Uh, no it's it's, it's the a re- papoose on it yeah, yeah the, the remix, remix for yes. swiss beats yeah. yeah but um so well that was definitely a pivotal moment how about when you how about when you had your son oh yeah i mean that had yeah, to be like because yeah. there was love like having grandchildren Absolutely. like the idea like I feel like people soften up at that point, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, that yeah. that really changed their perspective on a lot of things. They're good, they're healthy, they're you know they're doing well. And uh, I'm going to tell you your story for you. Okay. <laughs> I found it. Is this yeah. a direct quote right now? Yeah, Pops is walking up and down Canal Street. He was looking for DJ Cool Kid Part Six DJ, and Part yeah. Seven. Good legends. DJ <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Anything that had me on it, you know, on Canal Street, the heaven of mixed CDs and bootleg CDs. My dad, this middle-aged Chinese guy, he's like forty-something, still thinking he's like twenty-five. <laughs> <as> this <laughs> broken English. Yes. 
He'll understand you if you're talking to him, but you can't really hold a conversation well. So picture him walking up and down Canal Street, going to the mixtape spots, talking about, hey, there's this Chinese kid that raps. Do you have the cool kid? Then he told me this one story, right? You know, the African guy. The African guy is like, yeah, I got this one right here. My dad bought it already. He was like, I got seven. I need six. Hilarious. He told me they were playing Hey Jin at one mixtape spot, your song. Yes. And hey he Jin. was telling the uh, mixtape guy, I know that guy right there. I know that guy. But yeah, bottom line, they're real supportive now. They are now. <laughs> hey Jin. How good is that? What's up? You fly- I know you guys are, you know, Uber dipset or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I was too. Who wasn't? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that Hey Jin was actually like at that time that I did it, like that ended up becoming one of like, you know, if you if you were to like gather up all the the gin fans over yeah. the years and you did a poll right that would definitely be in the top five like it was in the yeah, best like, of know, gin it was yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> best of gin covers yeah, yeah. like um i remember I, I mean when i when i found the instrumental to that i was like yo come on it, it wrote itself yeah hey jen what's up you fly uh i'm and then i don't know what i said at the end. <laughs> i'm gonna take you home tonight or something like that. and um, then i did both like i rap from my perspective and from joel's perspective which was cool so it was like yeah was it was conceptual yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay so now now you have this comedy thing going on yeah you're playing gotham comedy club pretty regularly Gotham is like, you know, they all, I've been reading and studying up on this, you know, this craft and, and just really absorbing it up heavily yeah. in the last six months. And one thing is like, yeah, if you're an aspiring up and comer, you want to find like these, you know, kind of places where you can really call your home and hone, you know, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Gotham has kind of been like the place that I've really been able to um, do that. And it was really through, um, there's this one guy who's actually acting like a mentor figure. Dope. And he is one of the main bookers there. Mm-hmm. Hence why, you know, he every now and then he'll just be like, I have this night. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I get you six, seven minutes. And, uh, you know, spread the word. Tell your friends to come. So it's really cool because what really was endearing to me was at one point he was like, yo, every now and then when I call you for these, don't tell anybody you know to come. Just come and rock for this crowd that's there tonight. Right. Yeah. And that way you can kind of gauge. Yeah, because like, you don't want yeah, all bringers. Right. All bringers. And, you know, and, and when he said that, I was like, so you do care more than just, you know, that $12 entry and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and two drink minimum, right? right? You know what I mean? Which, not that I ever suspected him of that, but when he was like, yo, I, you know, I'm giving you, you know, you got the slot, but just come and do it. Don't don't call anybody. Yeah. I, that, that spoke a lot to me. So yeah. I was like, okay, if he can kind of you know, bring that to the table, then I want to commit to them too. So, I mean, when I do know that I want to bring some people out to a show, I probably do it at Gotham and, you know, that's been a cool place. But outside of Gotham, there's like three other, three or four other ones that I kind of try to hit up regularly. Yeah. Even when they do do the bringer type show. I mean, I look at those bringers as nothing more than just paying dues and it's it's both like, I mean, yo, this is a, functioning establishment they got to keep the lights on and the bills on for sure bills paid and then it also allows me not only to just perform for the six seven people that i've invited no but for but fans yeah, for the other um the other 15 20 30 that are there sure. that don't know gin from a hole in the wall either so um yeah. but you got you got a couple shows coming up yeah that I mean, people I, should really be at yeah i've been really contemplating you know kind of how i wanted to cap this year off and one of them was one thing was really producing like self-producing and self-organizing a kind of like a feature show yeah because leading up to this you know i've been hitting up these open mics and doing these six seven minutes here and there but i was like yo man how dope would it be to just be able to rock for like half an hour and i was able to get this really dope venue uh as well like not a comedy club but like a theater style uh setting yep 
so I'm putting together this half hour show, which I'm taping. So yep. essentially, I'm taping my first half hour Dope. show, whatever yeah. that means, right? And uh, it's happening on November 2nd. Okay. And it is definitely a very themed uh, <laughs> themed uh, event. So I'm doing two shows that night. One is called Nas, yes. the Nas Show. Okay. Uh, which stands for... Of course, NAS are the letters that spell. Nas, Nas. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with him. This NAS stands for no Asians specifically. Right. So um, essentially, Asians aren't allowed. Yeah. I don't know if there's a nice way to put that. However, There's I probably will... a better way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and then that'll be like the, uh, that's the 10 p.m. show. And then yeah. the 9 p.m. show is the NBA show. Okay. And not because, you know, like I'm a avid, you know, uh, basketball fan. Okay. Uh, that NBA stands for nothing but Asia. But well, on top of that, I didn't realize it until this illustrious conversation with you guys. <laughs> But it is a way for me to pay homage to Nas. No, it is. Right? To go with the Nas, oh, no Asian you... specifically. The Nas, for the Nas show. <laughs> your, your friend down from Puerto Rico. Uh, yes, yeah, my friend yeah. down. Yes, yeah. him. Yeah. Him, yes. But uh, hey, if he, does, if, if he does a walkthrough that night. Well, he's, in, he's invited to that. I mean, he's allowed to come to that show. If he yeah. wants to go to the Asian show. He oh, can, he, can, yeah. he can do either if, one. Yeah, yeah. If Nas wants to come to the NBA show, nothing but Asians, he's more than welcome. Can you do he like is a, uh, the Afrocentric Asian, half man, half amazing. So, hey, you're good. I don't, even, I don't even need to see like a printout of his family tree. Right, right, yeah, so, right, right, uh, right. So I'm doing these two shows and the inception of the idea um, – Actually started at a place where I think comedy really thrives at the barbershop. Yeah. And me and my barber and, you know, two of the other barbers were talking about Asians and comedy. Kind of the relation between the two and essentially really exploring, you know, do Asians really have a type of sense of humor that is similar to anyone else's? Are they more reserved? Are they not? Right. And that made me think like, well, what if I did the same set for all Asian crowd, but then did one where there's no Asians at all just to see kind of like what that would look like or how that would feel. Because, yeah, even this is something that would be interesting to share with you guys. In the course of the six months that I've been doing this, I have found certain times where I see that I am performing for a predominantly Asian crowd. Yep. Mm-hmm. It even acts as kind of like a safety net for me, I feel sure, like. Because, right. one, I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's kind of like I'm like a, I'm playing a home field advantage right now. Yeah, yeah. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. You know? So... With this thing on November 2nd, it is like a way for me to just explore all these things. And I mean, at the core of it, it's really just wanting to have a a night of fun. Uh, It's definitely rooted more in trying to show unity than division, even though... It's clearly causing division because I got an email that was like, so I'm Chinese, but my boyfriend's Puerto Rican. So uh, which like, one should we go? I'm like, you were like, well, you guys need to break up. It gives them something to talk about after the show. Bingo! Whoa. Social experiment. So yeah. You know, so in, in effect, I'm actually healing relationships. Wow. Look at you. Look at together. you. But yeah, they can hit up uh, anybody that's interested. It's a free show. Yeah. And I wanted to do that because- Both I, shows are free. Both shows are free. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm only yeah. charging the Asians. No, non-Asians. Are you yeah. kidding? <laughs> But uh, I was fortunate enough to get, uh, you know, get a venue sponsored. And the moment that I know that the venue is going to be sponsored, I'm like, okay, I have zero overhead, essentially. So I want to create and capture the experience more than look at it as, you know, like a a revenue generating thing. Yeah. But T-shirts will be available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Now they got to be. Okay, wait. So where where can people find the information for that? Um, They can. uh, Well, I've been kind of tweeting and posting yeah. about it on my uh, IG and Twitter but yep. the email that you should hit up uh, Nas N-A-S yep. versus V-S N-B-A at gmail.com okay um, I have one question yeah we good uh, 
you were signed to Rough Riders. Um, you put out the song Learn Chinese. Yes, did any did. of your Rough Rider uh, family members, did yeah. you ever teach them Chinese? There's one that comes to mind. <laughs> it was in a session. One of my favorites. Still one of the dopest. Um, I would even put him and his compadre. I, I tweeted this the other day. Yo, super dope hip hop one two combos right <laughs> and then of course there's outcast there's mm-hmm. most and quali mm-hmm. and you know little fame dance whatever yep. mm-hmm. undoubtedly kiss and styles yes mm-hmm. even though they're technically part of a three-man group yeah, but yeah, right yeah, yeah. we're talking one two combos yes yeah. you got to put them styles it was in a session he's working on his verse for a song on my album called karaoke night so i would like to think that no one else has gotten a 16 from styles on a song that has anything to do with karaoke. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But uh, I remember him asking me vividly, yo, how you say weed in Chinese? <laughs> and I'm just like, daima. <laughs> the next thing you know, he, uh, he has a line in there. He says something along the lines of, uh, uh, catch me with gin downtown with them Chinese stars. Uh, daima like a muff, high off lot. <laughs> And his uh, his pronunciation was spot on. So. Yo, you know what? Kudos I, to him. You know yes. what I think we should do, the three of us? We should run up to the Bronx and go to Juices for Life and oh. surprise him one time. Oh, totally. And bring yeah. him some Daima. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. uh, you'll, you'll be responsible yeah. for that portion. <laughs> uh, Jin, we so appreciate you no, coming you, through. Man. This was dope. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll see you soon. Yeah, and you guys uh, come, come to on video. November second, yeah. November second, I'm gonna come to the Asian one. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'll Absolutely. go to the other one. We'll compare notes afterwards. <laughs> yeah. um, yo, Jen, thanks so much for doing this. Peace out.